This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Marianne Conroe with Look West. Thousands of young workers are being exploited every year. The U.S. Department of Labor says that employment rights of 2,819 minors were violated in the year 2021. Assemblymember Liz Ortega, a former labor organizer, aims to fix that. She wrote AB 800, which will require high school students, juniors and seniors, to learn about their rights as workers during the annual Workplace Readiness Week, occurring each May. Joining us today are Assemblymember Liz Ortega, an educator, Ruby Goodall, and a student, Roquel Lopez Blanco. Thank you for joining us today on Look West. And Ms. Ortega, I'd like to ask you, um, what, tell us about this important topic for you and why you introduced this bill. Thank you, Marianne. So I introduced AB 800 because of Raquel and others like her. Um, unfortunately, as a labor organizer, I often heard stories of young workers, in particular immigrant workers, who had to enter the workforce very early on and were juggling working and going to school. And the stories I heard were of too often than not, of wages being stolen, of, of having to work late nights when they weren't supposed to, of staying up way past closing, even though they had to go to school in the morning, of sexual harassment, of all the the things that the state legislature works on for all other workers and making sure that workers know about those rights. And a lot of youth did not know. And so they were entering the workplace at a very early age. Um, I can't remember the numbers, but there's a, a large number of students working. And many of them don't know in any of the laws. They don't know that they have a voice. And they don't know that there's a place to go when things like this happen. And that is exactly why I introduced AB 800. And uh, would you, Ra Raquel, like to tell your story a little bit, what happened to you, where you were, you don't have to say where you were working, but some of the things that happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I started working, uh, I believe, 2021. It was my senior year of high school. And because I wasn't really sure where to start working, I kind of went based on a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and she worked at a little dollar store, so I was like, great, I'll just work there. I came in, got the job right away, and... Um, I remember my friend telling me, like, you have to be available, like, all the time because otherwise they're not going to hire you. And it being my first job, I thought, okay, well, I don't want to get fired. I want to have a job. I want to have an income. So I was like, yep, I was flowing. I was going with the flow, and everything was great. Um, I remember that I found it weird that we didn't get breaks when I heard everyone else, like, in the adult like world got breaks but I was like okay I guess like I asked them they said you'll get a break when the store is slow you'll get a break when there are any customers in here and I was like okay like if that's normal and no one's questioned it that's fine I remember getting paid $12 an hour while the minimum wage was 15 but I also thought okay well I'm just a teenager like I'm sure that they could hire someone else and pay them more but it's easier to hire me because I'm a 17 16 year old um, so that's how it kind of started. I should have seen those red flags, but I didn't really have anyone to tell me that that was wrong. Um, I didn't really have anyone to be like, oh, actually, you need a break. Like, by law, you're supposed to have a break. Um, as things, like, you know, progressed, I remember 
thinking it was weird that they would let us like close the store with big amount like big amounts of money past like 9 p.m and i was like okay like, i guess they really trust us but looking back that was too much money to trust minors with um it wasn't the best area it was kind of sketchy if anything so i always felt a little scared um just you know leaving the store with so much money but once again i was like if no one else has complained then who am i to like ask who am i to question it um there were cases of like customers making inappropriate comments towards me cornering me inside the store grabbing my hand as i handed them their change back their stuff back and I asked my friend and she was like, well, that's usually what happens. And I was like, okay, but that feels weird. So I remember one time it was Valentine's Day and I got into like, not an argument, but a disagreement with a customer because he didn't want to pay. And he was like, I'm going to throw this beer bottle at your head. And he was just yelling at me in the parking lot. And I was terrified because I didn't feel safe. Um, so it was just situations like that where I told my boss and she was like, okay, but kind of just disregarded it. When I told them about the cases in the store when I was cornered, they found it entertaining because they thought like, well, you know, that's just how it is here. And it always felt wrong. Um, but as I mentioned, I didn't have anyone to be like, that's not okay. That's not what it's supposed to be like. And I knew that if I went to my parents, you know, they might have told me to quit, but I've, I've always had the mentality of like, well, my parents have gone through a lot as immigrants in their, like, jobs, so I have to, like, stick through it, too. Like, I can't quit. I'm not a quitter. And looking back, I really would have wished that I had that guidance for someone to tell me, you actually have rights. And even though you're a minor, you can do something about this. You can tell someone. And that is why when I talked to Assemblymember Liz Ortega, there was no hesitation that this was something that I wanted to help move forward because like being able to educate kids like even whether whether they're minors whether they're in high school or not like goes a lot further than just them it goes to their families it goes to their siblings so that nobody else goes through that ever again because what i went through i wouldn't wish upon my siblings and i wouldn't wish that upon anyone else and now with the educator ruby goodall um you are a teacher that will have to implement some of this program and I'm certain that you probably hear stories from students. And so can you tell a little bit about your perspective as the educator in the classroom and why this is important for students? Of course. Yeah, this, I've never met Raquel or heard her story, but it's so familiar. Uh, we hear this from students all the time. Um, I've had students who couldn't come to my classes because they were scheduled to work they were taking work calls in the middle of the day about changing their schedules. They were too tired in class because they were working all night. A lot of them get paid under the table, and they think it's great because they don't have to pay taxes, and they don't see that that's going to you know, hurt them down the line or that means they don't have certain protections. Um, and we try to teach a lot of the stuff that's in this bill in our classes, and having this protected time and support to do it uh, it's going to make that so much stronger because a lot of students don't recognize that school is a place where they can get some of this information. They see as teachers as people who don't have real jobs because <laughs> we're teachers. Um, we're just part of the landscape. Um, we are the place where people get their workers' permits. We are the people who uh, provide recommendations for students. And so just for students, identifying school as a place to get this information is going to be a huge value because all of that's, all of those pieces about 
harassment and underpay and working long hours with no breaks are familiar stories for students and especially coming from immigrant households where most of my students um, are coming from households where their parents have also been in those situations, underpaid, paid under the table, uh, not, not having those protections, not being unionized, and often feeling like they can't stand up for themselves because of their immigration status or their language barriers or their, you know, anything else. And that sense of responsibility that their children have to help the families and, and work and bring home money, it often does overwhelm them when they're looking for help and they don't know exactly who to turn to. Um, so this is such an exciting bill uh, to, to really to put those... Um, that safety net in place for those students. Assemblymember Ortega, um, part of this bill created the Workplace Readiness Week. Can you talk a little bit more and explain what that is? Yes, when we were working on this bill, we reached out to the educators who will be the ones implementing it. And, you know, they talked about so many other subjects that they have to teach. And they said, they came to us and said, why don't we do a week? That way we're able to spend a week talking about uh, wages, benefits, empowering the youth to make sure that they know these things and include uh, the history of the labor movement. And that's how it became an entire workplace readiness week as opposed to just one day or one hour in a classroom. So, so Raquel, in, with your friends and your other classmates, are there any labor leaders that they look up to or that you're familiar with, like Cesar Chavez or Doris Huerta or um, any one of them? Or Yeah, absolutely. So um, coming to college, I've definitely been able to meet with a lot of people who come from the Central Valley, whose parents are farm workers and like such. And I think that not only for them, but also as Latinos, we do look up to Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta because it reminds us that it is possible to come out of this shadow that we've been placed in. We live in a country that unfortunately was not built for us. We come to institutions that unfortunately are not meant for us to succeed in, but we do it anyways because of leaders like that. We do it anyways because we see these people who look just like us and have been able to gather the community, gather individuals who are also marginalized and then just come up so that is always the goal I talk about this with my friends um, especially right now that it's Hispanic Heritage Month and we always just like you know we admire these leaders and we hope that one day we can also be just like them um, in the process we always learn more things about the issue what about financial literacy? Was that any part of the bill and helping students understand how to manage their money and pay their bills or save their money? It is not part of the bill right now, financial literacy, but it is something that's come up throughout the different conversations, especially when we're talking about wages. You know, we might have to come back and revise it a bit, uh, but I'm hoping that that conversation comes out when we're talking about wages and the minimum wage and the laws that are in place for for youth to get what they are owed. Um, are you going to maybe make some guest uh, appearances in some of the student classrooms? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the things that we do in the legislature, you know, we pass hundreds of laws, thousands of laws a year. Um, the governor just finished signing many of them, and then we forget about them. 
This is one that I want to make sure is implemented throughout the state. I am definitely going to make some guest appearances, um, hopefully with our state superintendent, Tony Thurman, who's helped and supported this bill, because we want to make sure that the information is distributed in a way that is effective, that kids learn, which is why we spread it out in a week, because we also know that our teachers have a lot going on, right? They have a lot of other subjects that they need to teach that are core subjects. And so we wanted to make it as flexible as possible and making sure that we had this workplace readiness week to be able to have a whole week in which we can, you know, place this in different ways to get that information out. I partnered with the California Labor Federation, uh, who was a sponsor of this bill, to get it through uh, because we want to make sure that our students know about their workplace rights, but also know labor history. And if they choose or want to organize a union in their own workplace, they now have those tools. Yeah, no, I'd like to totally add and agree with that because I think that a lot of times parents send their kids with the hopes that they're going to learn all of the surviving skills in school, but then what happens when they don't get that from school, you know? So that's why I think, like, it's such an emphasis that we have this in a week. We have this included in the curriculum that teachers can teach because that is where they're going to learn. Every student is going to have a different track. Every student is going to go different directions after they graduate. And the least we can do is prepare them for the workforce. The least we can do is prepare them so that they know when they can stand up for themselves, when they're in the right, when they can report something that's not right to someone else. And it's just like I said, I think it's the bare minimum. And I think it's, it's something that should have been done a long time ago, but I'm very happy that we're moving forward with this now. And, and Ruby, do you want to add anything to that? Or? Yeah, it's, it's exciting um, for all those reasons. And with this moment of increased activity in unionizing workplaces, and especially service workplaces that haven't been unionized before, I'm thinking of Starbucks, for instance, there's been amazing efforts. These are places that our students actually work. And understanding the protections and the history behind those organizations, uh, whether it's formal unionization or just talking to your um, coworkers about salaries, which is a protected right that a lot of people don't know they have, um, the rights to take breaks, like you were saying. These things are all sort of in motion right now. We want our young people to be part of it because they're making all of us stronger. That's the thing about workplace rights, is that they make our economy stronger if people are well paid, uh, if people know their rights, it makes our, our citizenry stronger. And that is the, I, I'm a history teacher, I signed something when I became a history teacher that said that I had to make good citizens of the United States, that's my job description. And we sometimes forget that in the schools, I think, because we want the kids to be there, we want them to follow the rules, we tell them you have to be there. That's not true in the workplace. You have rights. And um, the, the reminder to teach about that piece and to, to really educate the next wave of labor rights and, and strong civic participants is really a, a wonderful opportunity. Um, another reason I, I wanted to do this bill is because I'm watching the news and watching other states actually go back to those 
to the era where we didn't have child labor protections in place mm -hmm. and loosening those laws and actually having young kids dying because they're working in manufacturing plants and losing limbs. Um, and so when I originally started this bill, I didn't see it as a life-saving bill. And now I definitely see it this way because we can actually save a life and making sure that, you know, youth are, are in the workplace and that they do have a right to not work in the frying pan or if something's broken, they don't have to go in, they don't have to lift 100 pounds if they only weigh 50 pounds themselves. You know, there's all these things that you don't really think about as life-saving, but education is that. And I'm really excited because it's also the first of its kind. We don't have any kind of other legislation here in the United States. Um, we are the first. California is leading the way. And so I hope other states are watching us, watching how we implement this and the difference it's going to make. So they, instead of loosening their laws, they actually strengthen them for our youth. I also love uh, the chance to connect the strong labor history in California, Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta's work with our, our students now who, of course, are uh, in a different kind of work mostly here, here in the city in particular. They're, they're doing different kind of work, but it's not less necessary and it's not less abused. And uh, connecting them to that legacy is another beautiful piece of this. I think it's really important because a lot of the times the kids that are affected are not those that come from middle or higher classes. It's the working class kids that tend to see like the downside of a lot of these things. And who do they go to? Their immigrant parents? Like I couldn't go to mine. It was like it was also my legal status that limited me from questioning anything because I thought, well, they hired me as an undocumented person. So what can I say? How can I complain? And I think that we have to fight for our kids. You know, I have younger siblings and I would never be okay with, you know, seeing that they're in terrible work conditions and just being like, that's the way it is. I can't do that. You know, they're kids. Like, <laughs> like with, with, with what the assembly member was saying that we're going back. And it's like very unfortunate to see that because at the end of the day, like their only focus should be school. Their only focus should be learning and having fun, being a kid. But how can you be a kid when you're undergoing a lot of terrible work conditions? Like the bare minimum isn't even had, and that's not okay for a child. That's not okay for a, a little person that only weighs like 50 pounds. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, not in a million years. And I think that with a bill like this, we'd be moving forward. California is usually one that sets a lot of examples for the other states, and I really hope that this is one of those things that, like, the assembly members said that they pick up and they see and they realize this is going to be something that can change it for everyone. It's an educational thing. It's not about where you stand or where you like think these things should go. This is something that should be right for just about every state. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, Roquel and Assemblymember Ortega and Ruby, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, and a special thanks to Raquel for coming. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Ruby, thank you so much for doing what you do for our community, for the next generation. And it was really an honor and a privilege to have you here today and look forward to getting your call and letting me know how things are going in the classroom and when I can come and do one of these site visits to celebrate your work in the youth in Hayward. Every teacher I talked to was so excited about this 
uh, opportunity in this in this um, block coming down. So mm -hmm. it's really a fantastic thing. Well, thank you for all of you being here today. Um, I'm Marianne Conroe, and thanks to all of you for listening to Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.